Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Starting Small Music Podcast. I'm your host, Justin McCormick, and today we have a very special guest with us. We have the bassist for Dylan Schneider, Josh McAfee. Josh was just in LA a couple weeks back when Dylan was opening for Nico Moon at the Roxy, and I had the chance to meet up with him and hear his story. You're going to hear his story of growing up in Ohio, how he got the gig in Dylan's band, and what his advice is to the next generation of musicians. I hope you guys enjoy, and we'll see you at the end. Just keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. Try not to be bitter. You gotta do it either way. Keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. So when life throws a jab, you gotta duck out of the way. How you doing today, Josh? Good, man. Thanks for having me. It's yeah. awesome. No problem, man. So getting right into your story, you grew up in Toledo, Ohio. What was your childhood like? Oh, I think uh, standard childhood, I guess. Well, my dad was a guitar player, so I guess I had a little music going on. But, yeah. you know, went to school, played sports, did the whole nine, and then... For sure. Kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> what kind of music was kind of getting played around the house when you were growing up? Oh, rock. Yeah? 80s rock. That was it. It was like... Well, my mom loves like Motley Crue and that kind of stuff, Guns N' Roses, and yeah. my dad was into that too, but also, you know, into like Mr. Big and Van Halen and that kind of stuff, so that was kind of what I was listening to until yeah. my dad kind of went country around 2003 or so, Oh, cool! <laughs> and then uh, that's when started country started coming <laughs> into the fold. <laughs> was your dad touring or was he playing like local games? Yeah, he toured back in like the 80s and the 90s, oh, no uh, and then when I was born, he kind of started doing like more local stuff but yeah yeah he's been doing it for my whole life wow. <laughs> and his probably <laughs> would you say that rock's kind of what got you into music then or was it when he kind of went through that country phase that yeah it was definitely rock yeah uh, I didn't really I it sounds bad to say but I didn't really like country music hey uh, at first at uh, you know <laughs> and then I think when I was about 18 years old I was like oh wait a minute yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? this ain't that bad I like this now was the bass the first instrument you picked up because I mean your dad was playing guitar he's like I need a bassist or did you play some guitar no too? I uh I actually played the drums oh no way. Uh, cool. my brother is a bass player oh, very uh, cool. so my dad plays guitar and I was like well we need a drummer for the band yeah uh, I kind of did that for elementary school and then, uh, yeah, through junior high, I played in, like, marching band and, or, well, not marching band yet, but yeah. regular band, um, concert band, played the bells and snare drum and stuff. And then uh, eighth grade, we had this eighth grade battle of the bands every year, or talent show or something like that. And I was not the best drummer in my friend group. There was a guy who was way better than me. Yeah. Um, and there was two great guitar players. And... There was no bass players among us, but I owned a bass because yeah. my dad and brother had one, and I was like, well, and so that's how I became the bass player, and oh, we played uh, Mental Live by Switchfoot oh, at yeah? the talent show, <laughs> and uh, ever since then, I've been a bass player, so. Did you guys win? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. it was awesome. We had our band director play sax for us. That's dope. It was wild, yeah. How do you think uh, being from drums and going to bass, did that help, like, you kind of get that pocket in the bass yeah. right when you picked it up? I'd say absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. get to feel the rhythm, feel the pocket, feel where the kick is supposed to be. I know where the kick's supposed to be. I think that helps a lot, yeah. For sure. Now, in high school, were you kind of starting your own groups, playing around town after that battle of the bands? Or oh, was yeah. Like? Yeah, absolutely. I I was in, uh, like, metal bands and rock bands, oh, cool. uh, pop-punk bands, that kind of stuff. Uh the Farther I Fall was my biggest metal band at the time. We were kind of talking to labels a little bit, doing, trying to do a little touring things, oh, cool. and that's kind of how that started until about 
18 when the country thing started knocking on the door. <laughs> yeah. So, like, in high school, the whole time, are you kind of plotting out, like, I want to get to Nashville, or you want to make a move to L.A.? What was that kind of looking like in the high school years? Uh, in high school, I probably wanted L.A., Yeah. I would say, because I was, that's where all the rock bands were totally. going, I guess. Um, I don't know, we were into, like, really heavy music at the time, so we wanted to just kind of come out here and... You know, the Sunset Strip, we idolize, obviously, from back in the 80s, just looking at all that, like, oh, that's so cool. Right. Um, Nashville, kind of, I guess, as high school progressed, I think around 18, like, senior year or so, I started really getting into the country and then being like, okay, Nashville's the place to go. And then totally. that's where I just had to figure out a way to get there kind of thing. So, so did you just pretty much pack it up and go after graduation, or did you kind of have to plan it out for a minute? No, I... Uh, so when I, uh, my rock band, we uh, were trying to go on little tours, trying to, we were talking to some labels, and just then it just kind of didn't work out, mm-hmm. and we all forego going to college yeah. um, at the time. I auditioned to be a jazz major at somewhere, and then uh, it just didn't work mm-hmm. out, because we're like, oh, well, we're going on tour, we're going to be rock stars, we don't need to go to college. Right. Um, so we tried to do that, well, that didn't work out, so we came back. And I was just like, well, I have to go. So I started going to the University of Toledo, on my hometown, and we kind of did that for a minute. And then uh, my dad had this guy, because my dad's like was the country guy in, in town, basically. So he had this artist over at his house named Brent Lowry, and he's like, oh, I'm starting a band. I need a bass player. And I was like, oh, cool. You know what kind of music? He's like country. And I was like country. <laughs> um, and then from there, I was like, okay, maybe I'll do it, because it was paying me 100 bucks a gig as opposed to 100 bucks in total for a rock band, if we were lucky, kind of thing. <laughs> right. So it was kind of cool, and then from there, it got country. So I started doing that for a little bit, for a couple years, and I met my wife um, at a church, and she was a singer, too. She was a worship leader oh, yeah. there, and she also liked country music, too, so we kind of did the church stuff for a little bit, uh, worship music and that kind of stuff, and then we went to country from there, and then, so a couple years, and then when we were about 22, 23, said, all right, we gotta do it now while we're still young, otherwise we'll still be thinking about it forever, like, right. we should have moved, so, just got packed all our stuff and moved down to Nashville. Heck yeah. Yeah. Now, what did those first couple years look like networking for you when you first moved to town? Like, were you going out to writers' nights? Because I know you were trying to do a little writing, too, yeah. when you first moved to town, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd, yeah we'd go to all the writers' rounds. Um, Whiskey Jam, it's this big, like, showcase thing. The bus Call, which is something similar. Mm-hmm. So we'd kind of hang out those Mondays and Wednesday nights, yeah. kind of networking, trying to play with people. You know, walking up and down Broadway, of course, yeah. trying to introduce yourself there, meet just any kind of music opportunity. I was just like trying to get my foot in the door any way I could kind sure. of thing, yeah. Now, so how do you end up meeting Dylan? Because, uh, so we had Jordan Merrigan on the show and yeah. he talked about how he joined the band. It was through being roommates with Joey. How did you uh, kind of get acquainted with all them? Um, I, well, there's this thing called Nashville Gig Finder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, in Nashville on Facebook. Really? And I remember it was probably like 2016, 2017. Someone just posted like, hey, I need a bass player like this weekend to go to Texarkana. Mm-hmm. And I've never toured really like that before. Like we, you know, would go up and down like I-75 from Ohio to like, <laughs> you know, Tennessee maybe. Right. Uh, but we never really went further than that. So it was like, Texarkana, wow, that's incredible. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. You know, whatever. Um, the guy's like, okay, cool. Like I was like the only one to respond or maybe the first one to respond or something. So I show up at this rehearsal and it has... Tom Salen, who was a guitar player for Dylan at the time, yep. 
and then the drummer was uh, Kip, uh, Kip Allen, who played for Devin Dawson. So it was like, all of a sudden I was thrown in with these people that were like, these pros. in decent gigs, you know, and I was like, oh gosh, yeah. uh, this is wild, you know. And so we did that, and um, I, I didn't hear from him for a couple months, but uh, then my buddy Tom that night was like, hey, do you want to go to Whiskey Jam? I got this buddy playing. His name's Dylan Schneider. I want to, I want to go watch him. If you yeah. want to just come with me. And I was like, yeah, sure. And Dylan was 17 at the time. He had two black X's on his hand yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> um, and we uh, kind of like, he played, and I was like, oh, wow, this guy's really good. Yeah. You know, and I introduced myself to him, and you know, didn't think anything of it. Then a few months later, I get a call from uh, the MD for Dylan, like, hey, we need a bass player for this artist named Dylan Schneider. And I was like, wow. And I thought Tom was the one who sent my name to him because right. Tom's playing guitar for him. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. It was the drummer oh, <laughs> who no gave it to the bass player. And it was just like such a really just a weird like coincidence that I met Dylan that night at Whiskey Jam. But then they called me several months later and they had no idea, you know. That's totally dope. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Now, so I'm actually from Indiana. So I oh, like no literally... I feel like I was one of the first people to see Dylan do the rise, you know, like yeah. I remember just watching covers and stuff and yeah. seeing you guys on the road doing Tin Roofs, even touring with Chris Lane and Granger Smith. Yeah. What do you remember about those early kind of days on the road? Oh, those are the best days, man. Granger Smith and especially his band, like those are the, like, those are the best guys in country music, I yeah. think. Like they really made an impression on us and, and me and they were really cool and like I, we still talk to them this, to this day, like they still... DM me and message me and still text them and it's, it's pretty cool. Like awesome. those guys are the best and I was really glad that we do that. We still play with them every once in a while and hopefully a little more this year because we miss those guys. For sure. Is there anything that you feel like you learned during those first early days, kind of like really being on the road? Oh, don't spend all your money. You're not on vacation. You're at work. <laughs> that that's the hardest part. I think at first is because you you're like, oh my god, we're out here. We're we're in Los Angeles. Let's go spend our, all our money on In-N-Out Burger and stuff, you know? Right. Um, and then you kind of learn, like, okay, you got to be careful on that kind of stuff. And you got to sleep. You want to stay up till 5 a.m. every night partying, but that's not going to work out in the long run. Yeah. You got to <laughs> find some time to rest a little bit. For sure. Those are kind of little things, I guess, you pick up. <laughs> What's it been like kind of being with Dylan throughout the whole rise of literally playing clubs to now? playing amphitheaters and stadiums open you know like what's it been like oh it's been cool I've, I've been playing with Dylan for almost seven years now um, and yeah it's wild seeing people yeah playing like tin roofs to huge festivals of thousands of people you right. know tens of thousands of people we played to you know we played the Opry which is wild, you know. Right, for you made me. your debut last year, right? Yeah. What was that like? That was Dylan's second time, but that was my first time with him. Um, that was incredible. That was uh, that's it. That's all you want to do as a country musician, you know. And that was it was the best day of my life, for other sure. than my wedding, of course. You know? <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have a favorite song in the set that gets you hyped every time you hear it when it's coming up? Uh, I like "Teach Me How to Country." Yeah, that's my favorite one. That whole record is so good with that one and "Bad Things Is Bad." Or, uh, Bad thing about a bad yeah, road, yeah, all that's that a great record. Tune. Oh yeah, I yeah. love teaching out a country in the set because it's just kind of like a let's go kind of song to me, and yeah. plus the second verse, I get to play the guitar riff. Oh no way! <laughs> and that's my favorite part because I'm like, oh yeah, I get to do something cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you guys are out here in Los Angeles playing the Roxy tonight, and you especially being from the rock world, I mean, that has to be so cool yeah, playing an iconic stage. Like it that. is, man. Playing the Sunset Strip, yeah, I was like, that's cool, that's awesome. We're playing there, sweet. We've played in LA a couple times. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, this is the first time like a iconic venue that's like, wow, this is sweet. So yeah, I'm excited for sure. And then, uh, how many more dates do you guys have on this run before you guys are you guys going back to Nashville in between dates? Or? Uh, we have three more that we're gonna stay out here. We're playing San Jose, San Diego, and Vegas, uh, and then we'll drive home for about a weekend or about a week, and then we're gonna go back out again. I don't know where that starts in February, but uh, yeah, we. <laughs> We got about maybe nine more shows in February, and then like three, four, five in March, and then a couple in April, kind of thing on this tour. Awesome, and then probably some festivals coming up later. Yeah, this we're year. hoping. Yeah, see what I'm sure the year's gonna start picking up like really soon. So for sure. <laughs> yeah, we're excited. Yeah, man, and so um, what is like a Dylan Schneider show like? If you had to put like a couple words to it, like what's a set of seeing you guys play like? I think it goes uh, when some shows start like this. And go up on it. I think we start right here and we don't stop. <laughs> like, I don't know how Dylan has the energy he does that, but it's a live show and we we get hype. It goes it goes pretty big. For sure. And Dylan's just running around and singing and he's a, he's a rock star, you know, so it's really fun to watch. Especially just seeing him grow from, you know, 16 to 23, like how he's grown as a performer. Like, I think the shows are just better than they've ever been right now and we're all really excited. For sure. Now, I like to close my interviews asking, what's a piece of advice you've learned on your journey in music that you give to all the younger musicians out there? Um, I think the bass players specifically and musician, or drummers specifically is, I guess every musician is, don't overplay. <laughs> That's what I learned really quickly. I wouldn't say quickly, but what I learned uh, that really finally got me in my stride is, it's like, you're like a big fish in a small pond in your hometown kind of thing like you think you're the best so you're like oh I need to go to Nashville I'm so good I'm gonna play with everybody yeah. then you come to Nashville and you realize no you're not good bro everybody's good like everyone's better than you everyone's been here longer you know everybody knows more people than you <laughs> um, so I think like a good thing for a young musician is to learn your place in the band like the bass player doesn't need to be doing runs and playing busy and stuff in the middle of a pop country song, you know what I mean? Yeah. Same with drummers, you don't need to do metal fills and stuff. This is what's going to get you hired. <laughs> the boom, cat, on the floor. boom, yes. And the bass player, play to the kick drum. Whatever the kick drum's doing, that's what you play. That's the, that's the best advice I've ever got, and that's how my career started happening. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. I tell every kid that asks me in Nashville when they move here, like, learn how to play the yeah. proper way I know you're really good I know you you know how to play all this you know Victor Wooten stuff but that's not gonna work in a Miranda Lambert song so like we need you to just play the record and uh, I think that's the best advice that I ever got so well guys there you have it my conversation with Josh McAfee Josh thank you again so much for coming on the show I had a great time talking with you everyone go follow him on Instagram at Josh Bass McAfee and make sure to come back next week to hear my conversation with Tom Wall, songwriter and drummer for Jameson Rogers. Check out Starting Small Music on YouTube to see all the video content from our interviews. And also follow Starting Small Music on Instagram, at Starting Small Music, and let us know if you'd like to hear on the podcast next. And remember, everyone starts small.